Hello, and thank you for joining me on this first episode of a series of podcasts based around leadership. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. My name is Warren Adamson, and let me just give you a few credentials. I have a master's degree majoring in leadership and management. For the last almost two decades, I have been involved in the development of teachers um, in their capacity as leaders, as educational leaders, as classroom leaders, etc. Recently, I shifted my focus. I am now involved in a company that develops training materials for leaders and coaches and many other aspects of their corporations. So I have had uh, my own personal experience of uh, developing leaders in a very specific uh, area or industry. But let me get this out here. I am not a guru. I am not a entrepreneurial, uh, how would you say, philosopher of any kind. I'm just trying to now add to the discussion of leadership. Now, leadership as a study, as a scholarly study, is so vast and it is so big and it can become so complex that there is truly no silver bullet to finding out what makes a leader a great leader. We can read hundreds and thousands of books and papers and listen, listen to hundreds of podcasts from many different people that claim themselves to be leaders. Some have experienced leaders, some political leaders, sports leaders, coaches, etc. And we still will not be able to find out the absolute formula for leadership. Honestly, I don't believe there is one. It all starts, though, with yourself as your person. Now, don't get me wrong. As I said, there are endless resources of leadership out there. Podcasts, books, TED Talks, you name it. So what I'm doing now, from my personal point of view and this podcast, is just to add to the discussion and try and break down some of the, I would say, fundamental elements of being a leader. Now, I've read papers and journals that have argued for and against leadership as an academic study. Really? Is it an academic study? Yes, we can go to university. Yes, we can go to any course and try and study it. But really, is there a formula? Uh, first, though, we have to understand that the majority of leadership material out there is presented, as I said, from a very experienced point of view. You can find books from political leaders all the way through to sports coaches to leaders of industry, I mean, famous names that, that guide you along those names, uh, guide you along the, that path of being a leadership, they're all out there. Um, but there is one thing that all good leaders, again, that's a very subjective term of good leader, but all good leaders, leaders that actually have, the world has taken note of, have something that in common. Now that comes down to what I believe personally drives every other leadership quality and attribute and characteristic, and that is self-awareness. I'll get more into that in a moment, but just keep that in mind. Self-awareness, I believe, and I'm sure there's, there's many others as we'll talk in a moment, is one of the key, if not the key foundation to becoming a good leader. But I'm just going to backtrack a little bit and just talk about leadership as a study, as an overall study. Now, I was reading the other day uh, an academic paper written by Elvison in 2019. It's a fairly long paper, so I'm just going to quote a little bit out of it. And he talks about 
the validity of leadership studies. Okay, not, not being a leader, but leadership studies. What are the studies of leadership, etc. So here's a quote from his paper. The field of authentic leadership may not be entering a phase of maturity, but be standing on shaky foundations altogether. It should perhaps better be seen as being in a permanent stage of immaturity in terms of assumptions, theory, knowledge claims, and methods used. Our view is that to save what is good in the interest of authenticity when it comes to workplace relations, serious efforts to reorientate the field are needed. So basically what he's saying is that if you want to be a good leader, if you want to have really solid leadership studies, you need to be authentic. So all of these people out there on social media claiming to be the next leader, the next guru, what have you, I don't believe are authentic. Okay, I'm not claiming I'm a leader. I'm just saying that we're discussing this, so I'm not trying to throw anyone authentic under the bus. Just the people that want to sell the bells and whistles and not actually put any thought into being a leader. However, moving on. As I said, becoming a leader, I believe, and many, many others out there, you have to have self-awareness. Now, again, in my readings, I came across a Forbes article. Quite literally, this states, great leadership starts with self-awareness. Now, this article is written for a, a woman's point of view within the leadership structure or, or patriarchy of the world and corporations. This was written back in 2018, so it still has some relevance and for sure it is still relevant today. So I'm going to read a little bit from this article and then talk over it again. Self-awareness has been cited as the most important capability for leaders to develop according to the authors of how to become a better leader which was published in the mit sloan management review successful leaders know where their natural inclinations lie and use this knowledge to boost their inclinations or compensate for them straight out there, there it is great leaders will identify their blind spots they'll identify their strengths they'll identify what works for them and what doesn't work for them and this then will have that flow and effect into, in how they interact with their followers, their colleagues, their family, their life, etc. If you are not self-aware and you go out there, it's almost like a bull through a china shop, as, as the old um, cliche goes. Because if you think that you know something and you don't actually pay attention to how your interactions or how your skills or your personality affects others, you are not going to become this great leader. You're going to maybe, in some instances, offend people, which is not what we want to do. We want people to form a group, to form, uh, uh, I would say, a positive uh, attitude so that they are able to follow you and understand your vision and understand what you want to accomplish, whether, again, that's in your life or, or within your business. Now, extending upon that, I also came across an article um, in, on entrepreneur.com, and the title is called, Why a Self-Aware Leader is a Good Leader? Well, that's a fair question, isn't it? Why is a self-aware good leader? Now, 
we can debate this and say, well, a self-aware leader understands their shortcomings, therefore we want to improve them. A self-aware leader understands uh, the people around them and how to interact with them uh, efficiently and respectfully. There are so many reasons why a self-aware leader is a good leader. But let's just go through this article a bit. It talks about, um, well, the, the stories are based within a corporation, a corporate setting, a business setting, and talks about this person named Ed Blaine, who apparently works really hard, first in the door, last out the door, puts in the hours, puts in the hard work, but is convinced that he is not seen and his hard work is overlooked and he's not put up for promotions or nominated for any progress. So then he asks um, his company if they can help him out a bit by putting, putting him through a coaching program. So the company eventually agrees and puts him through this coaching program. So the coaching program um, basically says, says to this, to this person, Ed Blaine, Employee coaching is essential, which yes, I believe it is, uh, especially in a corporation and especially these days. It also needs to be ongoing. So yes, coaching and uh, guidance is always ongoing. Coaching should be participatory. Yes, that's true. It should be led by outsiders with little knowledge of the organization. Maybe, maybe not. This is where you can have your intervention type coaching, which is your outside source, or your internal coaching, which is your inside source. There are arguments for both. Personally, I would prefer if the coaching took place with employees of the same organization, especially if you want to focus on corporate development and your professional development within the industry. Uh, If you want to develop your own life and your life coaching skills, that's a separate matter. But if you want to develop your corporation uh, and career development, I personally think that you should stay with a coach that is within your same industry, if not your same department. The reasons are because you all, well, the coaches know the workings of the industry that you're in, understand the way where you need to improve, to improve your career within that industry. they just understand the nuances of what is expected of you and everyone else within that industry. If you have an outside influence that has little knowledge of the organization, yeah, you, I don't believe you're going to get as much out of your career development as you could. But as I said, if you want to get involved with life coaching, that's completely different. Okay. And the last point that uh, comes out of this article is that there is a difference between being coached and being self-aware. Very true. I mean, you can coach and teach and guide people many things that they would not have would not have an effect on their self awareness. Okay, but let's if we keep going through this article, this uh, character Ed Blaine came to realize after being coached a little bit that self aware leaders um, have a few points to them, and this is what he found out. So self aware leaders act for the benefit of everyone. I absolutely 100% agree with that. If you are a selfish leader, yes, and if you're aware that you are selfish, I do not expect that you'll have many followers, if any. People don't want to be taken advantage of. They want someone that would put others 
ahead of themselves to see the benefit and growth of other people. If you put yourself ahead of your followers or your colleagues, yeah, it just comes across very badly and not many people will remain loyal to your cause. Now, the point is self-aware leaders are focused. Yeah, for sure they are focused. They have many aspects in their either professional or personal lives that they want to focus on and improve. You can have one aspect of your life, again, personal or professional, that you want to improve and you focus to improve that. Now, to bring in a little bit of another theory or another idea coming from Simon Sinek about the infinite game or the infinite leader, the infinite thinker, um, there is no accomplishment and complete goal to reach. Your goals are forever evolving and forever developed. Yes, you may reach milestones, but you do not reach the ultimate goal. But you are focused to improve those milestones, to improve that aspect uh, and continue to improve it. Okay, moving on. Uh, Self-aware leaders have a high positivity uh, quotient. Yes, absolutely. If you are positive in your life and positive in your development and positive to move forward, you are become self-aware and you become stronger. Yes, there are negative aspects to development, but positive leaders use those as a learning opportunity to continue improving themselves. They identify their shortfalls and they identify solutions to improve those shortfalls and try and try and get them better. But at the same time, they understand their dominant strengths and they use those dominant strengths to help compensate their shortfalls. Uh, Self-aware leaders lead with their strengths, as I've just said, identify your strengths and lead with them. Use them to lift yourself, to lift your others, to lift everything else in your company or your professional life or your personal life. Use those to lift up. Self-aware leaders are clear communicators. Yes, this is a, again, opens up a whole new aspect of leadership and another topic that would be spoken about later on. But communication is a key element in any part of life, just not leadership. Self-aware leaders know how to mediate conflicts. Oh, that's part of communication as well. And it's also listening. There's a lot of active listening. Again, another aspect we, we can delve into later down the line. But yes, for sure. Conflicts happen everywhere in life. You can have minor conflicts, up to major conflicts, up to really serious critical conflicts. And good leaders are able to mediate them. And self-aware leaders act from a place of kindness. This kind of goes back to the one of the first points, is that uh, self-aware leaders act for the benefit of everyone and act for the place of kindness. If you had a look at that as a Venn diagram, those two overlap significantly. If you're acting for the benefit of others, you're acting out of kindness. If you're not acting for the benefit of others, that Venn diagram starts to split up and you become acting out of selfishness, maybe malicious intent. Again, that's, that's very, very dangerous to look at as a leader. So to actually, um, you know, to, to actually try and, I guess, engage into being self-aware leader, you know, you need to understand your emotions. You need to understand how to seek feedback from others. There are a whole bunch of theories and ideas of how to do that, particularly the 360 degree feedback model and method. The more that you understand how you affect people and how these people would then react to you, the better you can improve, the better you understand how you communicate with people. And it's much 
it's a very, very key component to being a leader is understanding and seeking feedback. Another one here, which I personally do, is practice mindfulness. Now, what's mindfulness? This all sounds woohoo stuff. Yes, oh, it can be a little bit of woohoo stuff, but you know, you can meditate on your issues. You can then not put yourself under so much stress. Yes, there are going to be some times as a leader that the stress level is going to be high. If you're not careful, that type of stress level can extend over many days, weeks, months, years. And if you're not able to control it and understand it and bring it down into a mindful approach, you're going to burn out. You're going to find yourself in positions where it's going to be difficult to control. So practicing mindfulness is to understand there's going to be a point where you go, okay, my self-care, my mind has to now come first. You can step away for a moment. You can engage in any other program or activity or practice that is personally yours and individual so that you are not overwhelmed by the stresses and the complications. I'm not saying you neglect everything. You step away for a moment, find your mindfulness again, and then you can reapproach the situation. Okay, that also leads into the other point of keeping an open mind. So keep an open mind. People are different. People have different ele- uh, different uh, opinions. They have different ideas. Approach each idea with an open mind. And there are some other aspects that can help as well along the way. There's journaling, notebooking. There are ways to keep records. There are ways to release all of your stress, however that may be. Go to the gym, write a book paint pictures, mow the garden, <laughs> find find your, your, your Zen activity that can bring your mindfulness down and um, yeah, record how you process things. Um, that's a certain element in leadership and self-awareness is how you process your emotions, process difficult situations, conflicts, etc. Complex issues and subjects to talk about. But essentially, let's bring it all the way back down to the simplicity of all. As an individual, you have to be aware of your emotions, how you interact with people, and to figure out how you interact with people, seek feedback. You have to be aware of putting yourself behind others. Okay, again, putting others ahead of yourself and act from a position of kindness and caring and empathy. But for now, we'll end it there. Next time, I'll expand and start to explore more into what leaders are and try and bring it all back to being good leaders and the skills that you need. But for now, just remember that if you want to undertake a position of leadership, you have to be aware of yourself and the way that you interact with others and the world. Thank you for listening. And next time, I will look at the different aspects of leadership, such as communication and the way that we can talk to people and the different elements of communication. But for now, thank you and have a wonderful day.